Hello, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to another Monday Morning Art Talk. I'm Steven Silver, character designer and teacher, dedicated to helping you learn about the art industry and living up to your potential. Whippee! Alright, so today we're going to be doing something just a little bit different. Uh, my good friend Bo and his partner Merrill, who have a podcast called The Campfire Shit Show, <laughs> funny title, but the idea is that it, when they interview people on their podcast, and I'm going to be posting the links inside the description so you can hear some of their other talks, but the idea is just to talk about just not just everything that's maybe going normal, but what are things that have happened in your life that aren't so, you know, normal. So it's a little bit of a, a change on things. And I, I like their approach when they do their show. And this was an interview. So Bo and Merrill came up to my house and we did the podcast set up in here just uh, recording the interview, so to speak. And so what I wanted to do with you today is just share with you that podcast interview just so that you guys can hear it. Here's some different perspective of things. You've probably heard things, of course, that I've talked about, but it gets a little bit more deeper in conversation, especially when you start talking to people and there's that banter back and forth. It leads to other types of conversation, which I can't just usually get into when I'm just talking straight to you guys. So without further ado, I hope you guys enjoy this uh, podcast from the Campfire Shit Show. Thanks. Come on, kids, now gather round. Grab along and sit right down. What's that smell? What's that sound? You're on fire, now hit the ground. It's the Campfire Shit Show. And now, your camp counselors, Bo Hufford and Mero Climo. I feel good. Welcome, Stephen. All right. You're in, You're here. Wait, we're recording we're already? We're already there. We're, we're in hot. We are. We're none of this intro bullshit. No, we just get right I in like there with that. you. Bam, yeah. here it is. We'll put all that other stuff in later. And, okay, wait. <laughs> okay. Before we begin, my friend Katie works at Proco, and she says hi. Oh, yeah. And hi. she loves you, and she has her art in your in her office. Oh, fantastic. And she said Hello? you went. she went to the best art convention that you put on. That's all I have in my notes. Bye. No. Right. Yeah. No. So I never put it on it. So this is uh, I was involved in and just like helping. Um, there's like an advisory board and uh, through it, it's called Lightbox Expo. And she also said you were British and I'm very happy to see that that's still happening. Yeah. Still She there. wasn't lying. Yeah. Okay. So this is <laughs> this is the artwork that my friend Katie has in her office of yours. Oh, awesome. Nice. What is it? Let me it's see. the Stranger oh, Things in, nice. the office in the office. Oh, yeah. that's right. Wow. Very cool. Next that's time I so visit cool. her, I'll kiss it. Oh, that's awesome. Wow. That's really rad. So, uh, so let's Thank get, you. let's get into the nitty gritty of what you do. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you are a character designer. Yes. Artist extraordinaire. You're a book <laughs> publisher. Yes. Uh, most importantly, I would say that you're a teacher. Yes. Um, which is kind of amazing that you went into the industry of animation and then ended on teaching. Cause I think a lot of people wouldn't have taken that course. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They, yeah. They, people in the industry typically like get into it and they're into it forever uh, in the same yeah. way, you know? Yeah. So can you kind of tell us from the beginnings, like yeah. you're from San Diego. 
right? I mean, yeah, originally from England, then to San Diego. Yeah, yeah. So, can you talk about from the beginnings, like what got you even into the industry? Like, what were the beginnings of you as an artist? Well, yeah, the the craziest thing that I kind of really resonates with me is when you just somehow at some point discover what your purpose is, what that is, and I, the story I always tell is when I was six years old in England, I was looking out my bedroom window and there was an artist sketchbook laying in the backyard. I didn't know it at the time. I went and picked it up and had all these portraits and everything. And I don't know how it got there, but it was there. And from that point on, I started drawing. And then I, as I was doing drawing in high school, then I started drawing caricatures at theme parks. And, but I always had a teaching vibe to me. It's almost like I was always naturally trying to help people like figure stuff out as I was yeah. trying to learn too. And I was trying to help other people and it was just this progression. Um, and then eventually someone asked me to teach an actual class of theirs and I toured it and, and I swear at that. And I always remember it. I don't remember the year, but I remember being there and there's just like, there were just, it was like lightning bolts or something. I was driving home that day and I'm telling my wife, I, I know I found my purpose tonight. And was that like, in London? No, that yeah. was when I, well, I was, this was living in LA, having working in the studio. Uh. So I was, yeah. So I was joined, I was living in San Diego doing caricatures at SeaWorld in San Diego. Um, and then I was also working at No Fear doing um, graphic design, doing their T-shirts ah, okay. for No Fear. And I was doing that. But once I got into animation, then someone asked me to teach. And that's when I realized how much uh, this is what I'm supposed to do. Right. And that's where it's kind of transit. I think it's just like, you know, I believe in reincarnation. So you I do? think, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that you're just kind of here to fulfill what you were supposed to do. It's a continuation. Oh, this yeah. is so interesting. Okay, wait, I need to go here for a little bit. So do you think we just keep on, like, if you don't learn your lesson, then it's like night-night and you come back again as like a peacock or something? Or yeah. No, on, no, like I think you stay evolved as a human, but you're always coming and learning new lessons. It's just like you're being, your soul, your body is no longer carried through, but the lessons you've learned are carrying through into this new body. Because what makes that person want to get up at two in the morning and climb up Mount Everest. Yeah. And what makes that artist want to go paint landscapes, but I have no desire. What makes mm -hmm. that person, what, why do we all have our own thing? What makes that person such a great want to sing and that person want to play music or that person love comedy? And why, why it's like you don't force it. And so there's a reason. And then it's just like our whole life we're spent trying to get that out. Mm -hmm. And we're trying to eventually find what that's supposed to be. And uh, I think that's what we're here to do. So you take uh, that with you in the next life. With that in mind, is there ever a point that you succeed? And then that soul yeah. just in your mind, like, is there a point where it's like, okay, now you succeeded at this thing. Yeah. You now go on to another thing and you're not reincarnated. Yeah. So I, I believe, again, this is the just writings from the Buddha, <laughs> writing from the Buddha yeah. and Kabbalah, just yeah. and so many different spiritual spirituality. But I, I, what I believe is that, yeah, you do attain, like the Buddhists believe, just attainment where you get to that highest level where now you just become a teacher amongst all and many people where you don't come back anymore. You don't need to. Now you're like a guide. Otherwise, now you start are maybe those people are the guides and your angels that uh, now you've kind of get to that level. You've, 
and now you're just purely you've learned your lessons in life that's I'm re- so cool I'm really glad we talked about this because now I just know you're crazy no <laughs> see it's so funny yeah, this is totally how the difference of like how Bo and I think so I'm like yeah, yeah. I, even in your eyes I could see like the light and the illumination oh, yeah, yeah. and stuff oh, like that Jesus. and Bo's just like hey, yeah. I'm hey, good I, I believe you, in good it good for you guys good for you guys <laughs> but it's always crazy no, to I, me when I see like a, a rare story about a child that's six and he like can name historical events that have happened oh yeah like 40 years ago right. or, or someone is just born like a master piano player yeah. and to me i'm not sure i'm not sure personally i'd have to look i have to kind of dive more into reincarnation but it almost seems like these things are sometimes like you can't deny that they're like god-given or universe-given however things you want to like, put yeah, it yeah totally. yeah it's just like it is what it is you know so don't you know don't compare yourself to someone else because they could be on their 21st life yeah. and you're on your second absolutely in but we'll reality, understand in like four more lives like i, I, <laughs> I, I totally get it in like 2900 but we'll be like oh i know what they're talking about now <laughs> i gotta tell you i know i got a great friend uh do you know uh kay asadera no is, okay is bobby's uh wife okay. uh bobby Chu's wife and i talked to her and i always said to her god you're such a new how can you be so naive about stuff you know in a fun way like yeah. you're a new, new soul uh-huh. so i'd always call her the new soul because uh-huh. she felt like how can you not see that how do you not know that less you know joking with her but how, sure. how can you not see that you're a new soul but then one day we were talking about it again we always mess around and she came back and saw but how do you know that I'm not so evolved uh, and so yeah. much beyond you that that's how I don't react to anything, you know, and this <laughs> other thing is just like, oh shit. Well, maybe the most enlightened people I feel like are the right. ones that kind of laugh at it all. And there's this, yeah. this cosmic yeah. joke and you can yeah. kind of see there. It's like the non-attachment almost makes for like humor. So yeah, yeah I totally yeah. get that. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny stuff. <laughs> Was there any like, um, uh, like resistance to your success, like from your parents or your peers? Like, cause I can imagine growing up and sketching and drawing. I know for me, like growing up that they, that would be the people that my teacher would be like, stop doing that. Or, right. you know, did you have that growing up? Um, from like my parents were always encouraging me, you know, they, they just sort of like, let me draw, um, yeah. Teachers looking at my report cards, <laughs> horrible. Just, mm. I, I remember I found them recently. My mom had sent them to me and just all the F's. I mean, I struggled tremendously in school. I, I couldn't focus and mm. I have a twin brother and I was cheated off him to get me through most <laughs> yeah. of the stuff, but on drawing on everything where people go, um, you know, they're just like, you're not going to make, uh, you know, he likes art, but, you know, what are you going to do with that? Um, and, you know, that was the thing that you'd sort of like always get. I think everyone's mind has that. Even my parents think they were concerned, but I, I had Isn't to. Isn't that weird to kind of like be growing up? I know that it's hard to describe to people, but when you're going through life with people already saying like, well, good luck. Like kind of like rolling their eyes that you want to be an artist. Yeah. I hope you're, hope you're okay with being starving. It's like, gosh. Yeah. Yeah. You know, like nobody says that about so many other professions. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I can't even think of another one where like, Nobody aspires to be, I hate to say this, nobody aspires to be a janitor. Right. Okay. But yeah. like, there's nothing wrong with being yeah. a janitor. Yeah. We need janitors. Yeah. But like when a little ki- kid is like sweeping up and like, I really like cleaning shit. And right. was like, well, good luck. You're going to be broke. Yeah. Yeah. Right. But with artists, it's like, man, there's just yeah. set up of like starving artists. Can you do this for a living? And that kind of stuff. So I always love seeing stories like yours yeah. where I think that in the beginning, uh, like like you were like I want to talk a little bit about like how did you get the job at No Fear because that seems oh, like the right. first job where you became a legitimate like 
paid right, designer, right? right? Yeah. How did you get a job at No Fear? So I was doing caricatures at uh, at at San in San Diego, and then doing um, private parties. I would set up at shopping malls. So I would set up at the shopping mall. Uh, um, I can't remember even the names of them anymore. Sure. Like, uh, they've all changed. Yeah, they've all changed. Mission Valley or Mission whatever. Valley. You know. Um, anyway, so I was set, setting up there, and at lunchtime. It set up. I should say I set up there during November, December for the Christmas season because I knew everyone wanted mm. a, a sure. new gift, yeah. like trying yeah. to sure. think of the new things. So um, one afternoon, the art department they would come through for their lunch break to the shopping mall, and it, this was near Carlsbad. And then they um, said, "Hey, what are you doing after the holidays?" And they said, "Yeah, I, I don't know." They said, "We work at No Fear. You should." stop by and I went and showed them my stuff and then they needed at the time someone who was more hands-on drawing because they were all doing computer stuff so I didn't even know how to do Photoshop yeah. or anything like that and so they hired me to do that and that's how I got my job there and then it was about a year later that when I ended up going to animation that's crazy so you're drawing caricatures you get a job at no fear <laughs> yeah. as a designer yeah a yeah. year later you're packing your shit up and yeah. driving to LA yeah. for what job? What job were you going to in animation for? So, um, so then uh, at Warner Brothers, I met this guy who was a storyboard artist on a show called Freakazoid, and he, I, you know, I always believe it's so important to be a part of a, a group or just a club or mm -hmm. something because yeah. you get to meet people, especially right. now. You know, we were talking about right. it earlier where you don't become so dependent on your phone. Like that's your only social connection. Right. So if you don't get likes and stuff, you're all depressed. It's like you actually meet people, and that's where I met this guy who was this artist. I, it took me about a year to contact him, just get the nerve up to say, hey, I, I want to learn more about animation. Sure. And he said, hey, um, you know, I, you had some pretty good stuff. Why don't you come up to L.A.? and uh, let's see your portfolio. And so I whipped together a portfolio. I showed it to him and said, hey, you know what? I think they just they just fired a character designer upstairs on this show called Hysteria. And they're looking for a new character designer. Oh my God, I'm so excited what like, the for, you, for the I, past year. I, I, I right think now. that's so insane because that, yeah. that doesn't seem like it could even possibly happen now. Right, no, not there's at all. There's no way that no they could be like, hey, kid off the street, we think we've got this great job that everyone's looking for. Yeah. It'll be perfect. Right, No, and so they took me up there and then the director wasn't there and I dropped off my portfolio and they said the director will look through it and they'll get a call back. Yeah. And then um, I got a call back like the next day and said, hey, can you come back and take a test? Mm. So they had to put together uh, a test for me just to try to design in the same sort of style that the show was going sure. on it's like can you draw like can this? you draw like this can you do this job and so yeah. i did it and i drove up there i met with the director and then i just went back and just started like drawing like a machine just giving them all these ideas and yeah. then they submitted it and then i got a call about another week later and said hey we like your test you want to come work on the show and that's oh my yeah, god kind of just wow. sort of i like happened. giddy so that was yeah. freakazoid no that, no, that was, was hysteria uh, that was hysteria hysteria and that's what got, and then i had to move from san diego up to la was did you think that. at that moment like well this is it i'm i made it i made it yeah no i remember i was at uh fishwick's house uh -huh. and i was standing there with fishwick when i got the phone call i don't even know how i got the phone call it was before cell phones and all <laughs> yeah. that so Rotary this was 1997 the western union guy so, showed like, up okay, yeah house. i think maybe i got my pager or <laughs> yeah. something a little beeping or something yeah. but they said hey we'd like to offer you the job i'm just like oh my god this is is cool and then just asking some questions i'm like okay all right thanks and she goes whoa 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 don't you know how much you're gonna make and i said oh 
oh yeah sorry I, you know but at that in my, it didn't matter to me <laughs> yeah. I'm just like whoa I'm get, gonna so, work at Warner Brothers what year was this, this in was, 1997 okay so in 97 going in as a, a as a, a new dude at Warner yeah. Brothers as a character designer yeah what was the pay like can I ask you that yeah so yeah I was paid at that time which was pretty high for what I was getting was $1,300 a week okay okay yeah. so okay. for those type of projects because I just don't know that world at all do they pay you usually by week or by you're like usually getting paid by week or, okay. yeah yeah you're usually always working out like a, a weekly rate or otherwise you do a daily rate but in animation it's usually going off a weekly rate and do you sign some type of contract like I'm with you for a year no or, that's or... the crazy no like in feature when you're doing feature films there'll be more of a contract but when we've done TV there's no contracts they uh, don't want to give contracts anymore so the right. reality is the artist has a lot more power than they think they yeah. do because the reality is why you don't have to be tied to that studio if you're feeling like you want you know they can get rid of you when they're done with you uh -huh. but if you go hey i'm leaving or doing something and creating some sort of fringe then it becomes a problem you know not all the time but now you know it's like yeah. you know but we gotta finish this we need to get work this done you guys have this deadline and if you would go no i'm not doing that deadline i'm not working overtime then they can come and make you feel bad. Otherwise guilt you into you're going to get fired, you know, and just, you don't yeah. want to be blacklisted, but the reality is you have the right. You don't even have a contract with most of these yeah. studios. Well, and something to remind our listeners too, is that a lot of times, uh, animators, character designers, things like that, they work on a project, especially something like, uh, you know, a TV show. Yeah. And as soon as that project's done, that season's done, yeah. they cut everybody or cut, most yeah, people. Yeah. Yeah. So most, you're starting most, yeah. from scratch again. Right. So, so a lot of people are jumping from, you know, ship to ship. Yeah, studio yeah. to studio yeah. every six, eight months yep. because that project's done. Yep. You finished it. Now there's no project. They're waiting to see if they're going to get uh, greenlit for another season yep. or a mm. different show. And of course they're watching to say like, Oh, Silver, Steven Silver is a great artist. Let's keep him around. Let's push him over right. on this. But a lot of people have to go to another studio right. yep. and they're constantly working on their resume and doing that kind of Otherwise, thing. Otherwise they're waiting to see if there's going to be a pickup and they don't right. tell them. So then everyone's worried about whether they're going to get jobs and they start right. looking. So the reality is you're getting paid, but you again, you're not, it's not longevity. You're not mm -hmm. going to be there a, a long time. And also they can now they own everything, right? So everything that you do, if you create some amazing design, they can take it and license it and do everything, and yet you are the designer, yet mm -hmm. you receive nothing. Unless it was your own show that wow. you pitched and that you right. went through that whole thing. But otherwise, this is the problem. There's no ownership. There's no, um, you know, it, it, that's what's kind of lame. So you're at Warner Brothers for how long in that time? So I was there, I think, for about uh, 97 till about 99, so two okay. years. So when you first started, is there a feeling there, or was there a feeling there of like welcoming, or it's kind of like, who are you now? Yeah, no, it was welcoming, but there was also people were kind of like weirded out because I never went to art school or anything, <laughs> and I never came, you know, from uh, the industry job. Even the producer on the show said how lucky I was. It's very rare that anyone from who's not, already worked or yeah. gone to school or something ha has broken through with nothing, you know, and yeah. it's just, um, that's why I'm so kind of yeah. in awe that you got hired yeah. on that show with really no experience. Well, it's cause do, you're charming, but do you want, well, talented. listen, do you want to hear the crazy fact? This whole, the whole sort of, yeah. you know, this is the whole, this is the whole sort, this is the whole sort of, in all honesty, <laughs> the reincarnation that the, all this other stuff is, I, I truly believe, again, it's a belief system that I truly believe that these things have happened to me with effort, 
but with ease because I'm being led. I'm constantly following my intuition and yes. my guides that are telling me to keep doing this. So I'm not str- I know exactly what I'm, this is the path I'm supposed to take. The reason I got onto that show is so that I could do this show to get to that show and make an effect and create this. So now people are aware of who I am and what wow. I do, which gives me the opportunity to spread the teaching that I spread for, which was my ultimate purpose because having Kim Possible, having Danny Phantom, having clerks, having those shows are a brand that I was associated to, Mm -hmm. to where now people, this is how people react in this world. It's just like, who are you? What have you done? We just talked about this for hours. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, You know, what have you done? Who are you? How can I relate? And that's why people get so caught up in, you know, like when they look at a movie star, go, oh my, Tom Cruise. Oh my God. You know, I know this guy. He's someone. He's He's relevant and worthy. And and all anyone's looking for, and it's like Oprah said it, but Buddhists have said, everyone said, it's just, everyone just wants to be seen and everyone wants to be heard. Yeah. And I was just watching, I love watching like American Idol and the voice and all that. And you hear these people, their stories and constantly told they could be no one or nothing. And just this belief system gets in their head. And I think, so this is where my coming back to what I was sort of like saying, I feel like I've gotten into these places of transition from finding the sketchbook to getting the job the way I got the job to doing this has all led to these moments, which is, you know, again, that's been, yeah, I know this is the shit show and I've had a lot of shit. <laughs> we'll we'll yeah, talk about you know, that. Yeah, yeah we're, we're talking, no, that. but I just kind of want to say like, I don't ever look at failure or something bad as anything bad. And that's another quality that I have that it was, it's, it's for a purpose Yeah, that there was, it was not, doesn't have to be this flat tire isn't that flat tire because it's a flat tire and gods are out to get me. It's just like, I got a flat tire. That sucks. What am I going to do to change the situation? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I think I have the same you know, belief system in that. I do but, too. Yeah. And maybe like the, the car service attendant that you're going to meet is the one that gives you the big break. And yeah, I totally believe yeah, yeah, in all yeah, that. Yeah. And I, I always believe like how you hand, how people handle change it has such a big deal and yeah. like what's coming up for them and i think too how you were saying where all these things led for you to basically serve other people yeah i think like when you do things with the intention of serving others it like lightning speeds yeah. you around wh- whether just doing it for like ego of yeah. like i'm someone because right, i work on right. possible yep, you know yep. like, and it's a big thing and it's i remember reading the book um on the art of happiness by the dalai lama and the whole thing about it all is very simple it all it is is just when you help when you give back, if you're helping other people with intention and not, again, just to serve yourself, but you right. just naturally are helping people, that's the happiness. That's yeah. where the art of happiness stems from. Yeah. And by doing that, and I've felt when I'm doing those things, again, I do my podcast, I do my stuff, I do my teaching, and I just know that I'm just doing it because that's what I'm supposed to do. And that's what gives me the happiness. But that's also what I think gives everything back. Do you, mm-hmm. do you, you know? I mean, okay. So you, you were in Warner Brothers for a couple of years. Then you skipped around to other studios at which time you made Danny Phantom, Clerks, right. Kim Possible. You created the look of all of these shows, which yeah. is a lot of work. And you're working with a lot of different people. Did you feel like a minority with this thought process that you have about being positive and helping others? Or had you not even really had that lightning bolt hit you with this? Yeah, it just, I, I don't think it did, didn't hit me, you know, yet. I was just, I was just there, you know, you're just there doing it and you're still in the trenches with everyone else because yeah. everyone else is trying to figure it out and everything sure. too. And you don't know what it's going to turn into or become. 
I've heard people say this and maybe you feel away, but there's only two types of people in the animation industry. It's people trying to get in yeah. and people trying to get out. Yeah. Oh, really? So yeah, people are dying to get into this industry yeah. of animation, but then when you get there, you realize what it truly is. Yeah. Um, and then you're just trying to get out. I right? feel like I go insane, like drawing the same thing over and over and over. Well, you're not. I mean, you never are. I mean, if you're only if you're actually animating, yeah. then you're and you're not even drawing the same thing. You, it, I mean, it feels like you are. You got to draw 24 pictures for every one second of every one second that people watch on film is 24 frames. So 24 drawings. Yeah, that would drive you nuts but the majority of jobs that's not even done even in the right. u.s anymore uh, you it's know? all sent so to china it's all sent to china korea the philippines and all these other places to where you know what we're doing is the the storyboards the character designs the prop designs the background so there's you're drawing a lot of different things all the time it's just that you're working for someone else and you still have the deadlines and that's yeah. why a lot of people like you know what and you're creating other people's franchises and you're there and you're like, I'm just doing all this and they are beholden to my time. They're beholden to my days. And I just like, you know, I just want to work on my own creative stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So people don't even have time. That's the big thing. They always say, I come home. I don't even have time. I don't have time in the morning to draw. I don't have time when I come home at night. And this is a big Yeah, this thing that you used to love to do. Now you get into right. a job doing it and now you can't do it for yourself. It's, it's a real... It is a real give and take, right? Yeah, absolutely. So so what even is a character designer for someone like me that doesn't know? I mean, I could piece together the words, but like who hires you? What exactly is the process of that? Yeah, basically you're just going to be working from a script. So let's just say Scooby-Doo. All of a sudden there's a script, Scooby-Doo, and we got to design this dog and this character Shaggy and this character Fred and Velma and all that. So now the artist is going to read through the script, understand the characters, and it's their job to design the visual look of what that character looks so like. So that's like from the very, very that's beginning. That's the very of the beginning. Show. That's the right. very wow. beginning. That's like the first the thing. It hasn't even been put on paper yet. You're the you're the visionary. You're the one who's creating the look of the shapes of the characters, the style of the characters. And will they say like Scooby Doo is brand like do they ever give any descriptions of them or Yeah, you'll get character descriptions. Okay. You know, so that's written in the script. Otherwise they might even just have character descriptions and they'll go like large dog, that's brown. Yeah, or, or the like Frankenstein, that. you know, he's seven foot tall and his green has got bolts coming out of his neck and is just and may, he's just been woken up from something. you know, so then you gotta put your own you're not gonna get all the descriptive mm -hmm. stuff right? right there's just going to be a vague thing like this person's uh could be like there's a um a uh, steampunk crocodile who's very aggressive that's okay. all you get so and is now, that the show creator that comes up with that or the yeah the ride the show creator they get writers usually the show creator they'll put together what's called a pitch bible of it happens in tv and films mm -hmm. it's all this bible this pitch where you just show in the characters the world and like a book author, that's what uh, you are. You yep. know, you're an author of a book, like tell the uh, Harry Potter, right? So like I would get from her, Harry, I didn't get anything from right, her. Right, but right. <laughs> if I got from her, <laughs> you know, who created Harry Potter and she goes, okay, it's this young kid, he's 10 years old, his name's Harry, he's an orphan, well, lives with his blah, 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 right. goes to this school, then it's the character designer's job to, well, maybe he has glasses and you do all tons mm -hmm. of designs and maybe right. they're round glasses, maybe they're long glasses. Maybe he's got this sort of haircut, that sort of haircut. So that's, that's so what the cool. It's that's really inventive. interesting too. In in the case of Kim Possible, 
uh, because so you would come up with the character how she looks right but then also there's these side characters that yeah. have become sort of uh famous as their own in their own right yeah right? like the mole rat right and yeah. so you came up with the entire look of what that would be wow. you, right. you probably just get a descriptor deal. that says mole rat right exactly and, that's and then you go it. okay yeah. this is the shape it will be right and now that's on backpacks and i was toys just gonna say yeah. and then when it's like merchandise you're yeah. the one that does exactly. that that's a, that's a huge well, job see like, that's why that's part of why when you're doing that and working for these other companies companies when the character designers not getting a residual you know right. you can work yeah. those deals out maybe with smaller studios with licensing partners mm. and agreements you can do that outside of these animation studios but it's kind of sad that the animation studios don't give you that you know but maybe no one's really ever asked for it or maybe they haven't right. get rejected but the problem that i hear sometimes you get everyone else going well i did the prop design and you know what if the guy did who drew the batmobile right right that's a yeah. big deal, you know, who designed right. the Batmobile? You're, but right. then you get the regular stuff where it's just regular props or backgrounds and then it starts to go, well, who's mm -hmm. getting what? Why should you? Right. Why should you? But the reality is, come on, you know what's put on merchandise. They're not right. putting backgrounds or props right. or storyboards on things. Very, yeah, usually props aren't huge characters in those right, right. series. Unless know. they are a Unless prop they for become, a, a character. Yeah, right. yeah, yeah. Um, I was, I just had a thought about, oh, one thing that you need to think about too is that every single person or character in a show has been designed by someone like you. Right. That means that every episode, every person in the background, every yep. person that walks around in any scene at all yep. has been designed. So yeah. let's say it can possible. Can you even imagine how many characters you designed for that show in the time that you were there? Oh, jeez. Like a that rough was, idea. Oh, my God. Just because you got all the school kids. Right. Wow. You got all the cheerleaders. You got all the right. teachers. You got, you're creating the whole universe. And they're not all I remember, I do remember when I was on Clerks, the animated series, because my uh, production um, coordinator at the time is now a producer, would always be so amazed and always say, he'd always tell people for me how many I designed. There were just six <laughs> episodes, but in each episode, there are about 120 characters per episode. Yeah. And I only had about three weeks to do it. You know, So two, you'd have to design weeks. 120 <laughs> characters each episode. Yeah. How many yeah. different faces? How could you? That's amazing. Well, and yeah. they can't look exactly the same. No, of and they can't they can look the same. Yeah, because again, you got the people in the crowds, the people sitting in the coffee shops. The, but yeah, with Kim Possible, Danny Phantom, those shows were just monsters and then you get crowd scenes you know where there's all these people in one shot and you're just like oh my god but then you're drawing not just the characters you're drawing what's called special poses where all of a sudden say like or costume changes now say Kim Possible's in space gear I gotta draw what she looks like in space gear maybe she's in snow gear then I gotta draw her maybe she's tied up and hanging upside down and in danger you gotta draw the rope around and maybe wow. show what they're a certain expression yeah. maybe what their tongue looks like when they stick their tongue out you know so you got I yeah. mean there's all these are all the special poses you get from the storyboards a lot of the time where you know <laughs> oh my gosh, it's like so person's got so goop on them you know yeah so then how many character designers usually are there per show 
anywhere just from one to two. Okay. Yeah. And yeah. then is it is it a collaborative process where like do you bring so for Kim Possible did you show them like one version of her or two hundred no, versions of her? No. Like- yeah. You're getting the script and then you're just drawing machine and I was kept going back and forth with my director. We're going back and forth. His giving suggestions. Okay. Drawing. You're going and then you keep going back and then you got to show it to the higher ups and then it goes to the writers and everyone's like yeah we feel like it's going in the right direction. Um, so you have to be so good at taking, uh, yeah, you got to know that things are going to change. You can't fall in love with anything. All of yeah. a sudden you're going to do the design and go, you know what? They just, it's completely wrong. Huh. Otherwise the hair, don't make the hair, you know, too long, change the hair, do right. the, you know, so and you, especially for animation, you, you're thinking about simplicity because you can't yeah, put a bunch right. of details no. in certain things. It's like they have every person has to draw that for the rest of the time. Now. Yeah. Could you really fight for it? If you talk about like intuition, if you're like, no, I promise that this will work out better or <laughs> does a character designer not really have? Yeah. You can, I mean, you can, it depends who your director is. Yeah. Like you can have that conversation. Some are just too, their egos are too big and you can't, mm-hmm. don't even bother. It's like, you know, what's going to happen. You know, I, I want to just, just so you think about this, uh, he said one to two character designers per show, right? There's only so many shows happening. And then shows are ending after six or eight months. Right. So then those two people or one person goes on to probably another show. Yep, yep. So think about how few opportunities there are for new character designers, yeah, right? Because wow. yeah. somebody has been doing it for 10 years, right. has probably worked on eight or six, you know, eight to 10 shows, yeah, right? Yeah. And then you walked in off the street. Right, I think right, that's so right. fucking crazy. That's because you're I think you. That's crazy. <laughs> Please. Right. And then do you think like, um, would you put your own, like if you're on a walk somewhere and you're like, I think of this character, then do you kind of like put in your characters? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah all so. the time. Like I put a lot of friends in the shows or my family, you know, like that's funny. I never, I never saw you put me in. Anything. Yeah, no, no. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. You were the tongue, the Kim Possible. Yeah, yeah. Was like, you fucking. Yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Um, you were wearing the helmet. You know? <laughs> I was the space person yeah, yeah, with the yeah, helmet yeah. on. Yeah, yeah. Um, question for you: uh, In that system of you know animation industry, was there a time that you were like, "I fucking hate this project"? Like, I oh, really hate yeah. this. You oh, just wanted yeah. to get out for sure. I mean, there were different projects, but one. I remember just I was working on the Cleveland show doing you were character oh my god that's such Fox a big deal a, yeah at Fox Animation and I knew it was going to be temporary because one of the there were three character designers on that show and just one of them she got pregnant so she was on maternity leave so I knew I was just going to be there for like three months yeah and usually I was used to working at home already and I kind of like mm. said okay I'll do it and that's like an hour and a half drive from here from where I live <laughs> so I was dealing with the traffic uh so long days I was going there but it just it just fucking sucked I mean it was just like not only I mean there was just I I didn't like Everyone was in their cube. Everyone had their headphones mm. on. Everyone was, they were so like strict there about when you were coming, when really? you were going, uh. you know, and everything was through IM chat, oh, which yeah. I hated. Yeah, yeah, like there was no interaction. Mm. I felt like it was just missing. It was all just great cubicles. People were sleeping there on the weekends. Really? Oh. There was just like, I was just like, this job fucking sucks. And the, <laughs> and the person I was working with, the uh, one of the, um, uh, directors was a real jerk, you know, just, he had to, he's like a pissing match or something. I don't uh. know what he was trying to prove, but it's just like, he knew who I was and what I've drawn mm-hmm. and just different things. And it's not that sure. he needs, he's all, 
you know, you don't need to draw like you on these shows and just like these other things. It's just like, it's done this way, oh. you know, just so like, you know, you just need to, it's just like, why do you even need to say that? Why, yeah. why even say that? Exactly. Why don't you just say, Hey, you know, on this style, on this show, this is what we're really thinking about. But yeah. it's just like, he was trying, I don't know. He's what, like, don't inject yourself what a, into this. What an a-hole, yeah. you know, and just like dealing Fuck with him. this guy. And then, yeah, they were watching me when I was leaving, you know. Hey, we've noticed that you've been leaving early, you know, and say, well, and you're a grown I'm, man. I'm that a, grown, has like, a grown man. Yeah. For Christ, <laughs> you know, I'm leaving early. What is my, what are you, my parent? And uh, there's no contract. You know, this is what I'm saying. I'll do my work when I do my uh, work. As long yeah. as you got your work done, which I always made sure they got their work done. That's all you got to do. As long yeah. as you get your work done, don't breathe down my back. And again, there's no contract. And so they said, I noticed you're leaving early. I said, yeah, because I got to get home and I want to have dinner with my wife and kids. You know, I want to get home. I got the work done. I got yeah. the work done, but yeah. it's just like, you know, under the contract, you know, just like a union, you know, yeah, sort yeah, yeah. of thing. It's just like, you got to work this many hours oh, and ridiculous. stuff. I'm just like, yeah. This is BS. So then they forced I had to come in on the weekend, you know, make up my time. On and the just Cleveland like, show? Yeah. And then that, yeah. And yeah. in the end, it's the Cleveland yeah, show. Yeah, it's the Cleveland show. <laughs> but that is, the, you're not even, you're cool not even proud to even share it. Just people, just the, the energy. Every day I walked hmm. in there, the energy was hmm. just off. When I worked at Nickelodeon, everything was bright and colorful and purple and green and orange. And yeah. it was fun. You know, Disney was cool. Little gray and Disney where I was at the main building but it was uh still fun people are well have their toys yeah. out and everything yeah. at this studio it was like no one even wanted to do up their cubicle because yeah. they like everyone felt like they were in a prison cell yeah it felt mm. like a montessori school when we went to nickelodeon like because it was 11 a.m or something and we saw someone just sitting outside working but like drinking a latte on and that's how like, yeah. i do my best work that way too sure. when you're kind of given a long leash and then yeah i feel like employees stay more loyal and yeah and absolutely i don't know why people just don't figure this out across all industries yeah. just yeah. don't breathe down let them produce give them the opportunity to do things for their own lives that they need to do. If they need to leave and take someone somewhere or pick someone, do something, especially yeah. moms and stuff. You know I mean? Yeah. People would just, it'd be so much well, better. Well, life off. isn't working. I mean, I, I feel yeah. like we need to remember yes. that. Yeah. Yes. We all need to work. Everyone yep. out there is needs to work. Yep. But like at the end of the day, I mean, this, this could be your seventh or eighth life. I mean, you have to think about that. That's right. Not in this lifetime. No, yeah. The quality of life is such an important yeah. thing. Right. Yeah, and it's a belief system that some people believe that they need to do this because otherwise they'll get fired, and that's scary. Right, and, you know. But yep. it's also it's like some people may call it entitlement. Yeah. I call it a strong belief. Yeah. <laughs> well, like, what is that? You know, like I think it's it's very European thing, but they're saying like making a life. You know, you choose to make a life, not a living. Yeah. You know, it's just yeah. like I'm making a life for myself. I don't focus. Have to be so focused on just the what that living is going to be. You know. So uh, after you've been in the industry for a while you you start making a change to kind of promote yourself uh, right and you you started working on a book yeah um what was the first book you made because now you've got a, a whole series of different books yeah sketchbooks and things what was the what was that hump for you to get over to be like i'm gonna make a book of my work i think it was um there wasn't a hump other than just the the desire like i'd go to a comic show and i saw people are just selling their own comics right and they're doing at the time like little ash cans where they're mm -hmm. just selling their sketches. And at that point I saw other people selling their sketches. I'm like, well, I'm going to put together my sketches. And so I made it as a little comic book and that was my very first one. It was just a thin 
uh, book. And I remember what, you know, it was just, um, you know, it's very thin. Usually you wouldn't do that. It made it look like a comic book form. I'll show yeah, it to you. I don't know yeah. if you remember it. Uh, and I just called it my sketchbook. And I remember I went to this comic book store in Burbank and I said, um, Hey, I have this book of my sketchbook and it was a comic book. Would you like to sell it and put it on your bookshelf? Yeah. And he flipped through it and it's all, Oh man, there's some really cool stuff is also how much do you, and, and I had a price tag on it for $10. Now comics, little thin comics sell for sure. $2, uh -huh, $3. Yeah. Right. Here I have the exact same quality, the exact same size, <laughs> exact same everything. And it wrote $10 and goes, 10 bucks, man. That's, that's a little stiff is also, if you want me to buy it from you at like 50% off, right? I got to give you $5. I said, yeah. So $5 a sketch because you got to work out, sure. sell it wholesale. Right. Sure. So, um, so, <laughs> uh, so, 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 so now he's got to sell it for like 10 bucks. Oh my gosh. I love and this. He's buying it for me for five bucks. <laughs> so he goes, you know, I can't even remember how many it took. Maybe it took like 10 yeah. Or something or five sure. or something like that. But then the next day I got a phone call from him was, Oh, Hey dude, I sold out of all your sketchbooks, really? bring them back, but I need more. And then he bought like 20 or he bought, and then I started selling them at a bunch of different, uh, I started going door to door. I was like going all the different places and just selling. Try, that's yeah. the thing which people don't do now where this is, we're so dependent on people noticing us on social media yeah. that you forget to actually go interact with people yeah. and show up. Sure. And so I would go door to door, meet with these people, have them do that. And then that led to me going, you know, I'm going to make my own first book, which was this big uh, $40 hardcover book yeah. where I was going. So then I said, okay, I got to step it up. I want to do something even more different. So then I take all my drawings, all my artwork. I'm going to different, a few different book publishers because I didn't want to spend the money or anything. I didn't know how to do it. I'm just, would you publish this? And they didn't want to publish my book. They didn't know who I was or anything, you know, like yeah. whatever. There's not enough girls. We need more naked girls. <laughs> really? I'm like, I don't draw naked girls. I'm drawing old men. I don't know why. You know? <laughs> and so, you know, I'm, I'm like showing them all this stuff. And then I realized, okay, I'm just going to figure out how to do this myself. So then I went and bought like four books on how to self-publish. And then I contacted a guy that I had met who worked in China who is book printer. Again, all this stuff happens. Wow. You meet this guy and then you use these connections. Yeah. Like I remember I met a guy who was a book publisher out of China. And so then I get in contact with this guy, print, make my own book. And then it was, and I decided it was a big investment. You know, I think I had to, geez, I got like 3000 books or something. It was yeah. crazy. You know, you had to buy a bulk and I'm getting this book and that was really scary. But again, believe in yourself. I knew if I sold them for $40, it cost me like $7 a book. So I had to invest like 10,000, yeah. 12,000, which was steep. We were like, Oh shit. You know, this is right. crazy. What if we don't sell any? What if I don't sell any? And I knew that if I go to comic con, I'm going to set up a booth at San Diego comic con. And if I can sell, all I need to do is sell, I say I need to sell like 300 books at 40, at 30, $40 to make my money back. So right. it must've been like 12 grand. And I'm like, if I just sell, you know, yeah. uh, mm -hmm. that, you know, that many books. And then I went to uh Comic-Con that first year and sold nearly 300. Wow. Cause you're there talking books to the people, because no right? one, and, and I was there yeah. and no one else was doing it. No uh -huh. one else, no other artist was self publishing their own art book like that at the time when I first yeah. did it. And that's why it was so new. Mm -hmm. People like, what the 
fuck is this? Are you who published this for you? Said I did it by myself, and then this whole trend sort of. I like can just started. see you stroking your own cock through this. Oh that my whole, god! That whole experience. I mean that in the nicest way, but like <laughs> when someone a good time to when do you it. kind of feel like the, you are the first person to do it. Because yeah. let me tell you, I go to Comic Con and yeah. I see all the books that have literally just yeah. copied your format. Really. Yeah. So many other artists. Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah, 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 yeah. Same size. Yeah. Same, like everything. Yeah. Really? It's almost like they're like, who published this? I'll do it that right. exact yeah. way. Oh my gosh. Yeah. But you were kind of paving the way at that yeah. time. Yeah, Um, And sort of, again, you're such a rebel yeah. in this way. You just take it into your own hands. I think a lot of this stuff, my mindset, and I do it all the time, is I go into everything with like naivety. I'm mm-hmm. just, I, ju- I just go in like, I don't know what <laughs> will happen. I'm not, it's yeah. like that saying, they're better to ask for forgiveness yeah. than permission. And that's what it is. I just will try stuff and see again, as long as I'm not doing something that's going to risk my family, risk sure. myself and do something crazy. But it's just like, yeah, this is a gamble. This is a risk. And that's why a lot of things don't work out. Like I tried to start a t-shirt company. I tried to start a, a plush toy company. I tried, there's so many things that I've tried, yeah. but then I also realized that if things aren't happening to a certain point, you're just not supposed to do it. And we keep trying one and make certain things work, Yeah. but there's a reason why they don't work. And sometimes you got to go, I'm not supposed to do that anyway. That's why I'm never succeeding at it because that's not yeah. what my purpose is. That's not what I'm supposed to do. So it becomes a sure sign that you got to switch, 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 switch. Okay. You know? So I have a question. So how do we know the difference between like that of like you're hitting a dead end road versus like, three more miles and you're on you know america's got yep. talent or whatever yeah. like for what? your students and stuff like how how do you think besides typing into your own intuition like how do, how do people know if they're barking up the wrong tree and like kind of hitting that well i end? think one thing is that you don't you don't just do it for a limited amount of time you can't just do it for like three weeks or four weeks it's like you you're invested in mm-hmm. it i think you gotta just do you believe that you've truly done everything in your ability to that point to like uh, truly yeah. do it you know like you're not just half-assing it like you could say yeah man i was trying to start my own you know um online podcast but i only post you know podcasts like once a month I said no are you that's not really doing it you yeah, know and she's yeah. like have you invested in any equipment you know no but you know maybe once my podcast picks up yeah you know so it's like <laughs> you know what i'm saying it's just like yeah. it, it becomes all these sort of things and i think you, you try, have you given it the real college try? Like, you know what? I've done everything that I feel at this moment I can do. And then I think you just got to trust and just go, you know, it's just not feeling the same anymore. Yeah. It's just not yeah. feeling, I'm not getting the same sort of energy. Okay. I'm going to let go of that. I'm going to set that boat off to sail and find its own sort of, you know, journey. But you, I think you have to do multiple things. That's number one. I don't think you can ever just be doing one thing. I think you should have your hand in multiple campfires. Is that yep. why? Uh, nice. Is, Campfire shit show yeah. references. Is, is that yeah. why you're in an open relationship, Stephen? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. He's not. He's not. Whoa. No. <laughs> you should always yeah. have your hands in lots of different pies. So like yeah. my, my creative kind of chicken and the egg thing is, do you advise people when they're trying to give their all to something? Do you tell kind of young creative people to like, uh, you know, not work a day job and or try to save money and live with your parents and that kind of stuff? Or do you think people should work full time jobs if they have to and then spend every moment like outside? Because that's always the conundrum. That's like, you know, even just personally, like 
I have a lot of stuff that takes me away from our podcast, but then right. then it's always this feeling of like, okay, but if I was to quit all of that, then you have no money and then you're yeah, yeah. on your creativity. Well, this is so. where you got to be, you know, real. But I also think that what it is, is just it comes to like, you're never going to, you should never jump off of a ship. It's if, if it's in distress, if there's no lifeboat or anything yeah. else. Right. And I think you're on this sort of sail, but I think it was like Norman Peel or something who told the story about just like, just with a ship using the ship metaphor. And I like the ship metaphor, but I sort of like really think about that's what it is. It's like, you got to have something else there before you quit. Don't quit too soon don't quit at the right time because eventually that hobby and stuff will start to take over as long as you're putting effort but don't just jump ship with nothing to fall onto and that's why i think you should just have at least two or three projects going on at least something just even for your own sanity mm -hmm. yeah. just to constantly i'm gonna work on this but then i can work on this so that nothing becomes repetitive nothing just becomes boring and the same i think that's where people go wrong they're trying to put all their eggs in one basket thinking that okay, I got to do, this is going to be my thing. And it's like, you know what? There is no one thing. There's no, nothing's a life sentence. There's no one thing that you will ever do the rest of your life. And you don't want to, you know, not the, everything yeah. evolves, everything grows. And I think that's with us too. It's just like, you got to just be willing to say, I'm working my day job, but I am going to put every real effort yeah. into doing that to make it work. And I just, I just got to throw this in there because it made me think about it when I was watching, um, um, uh, what's his name from bon, John Bon Jovi getting the Hollywood, the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame award. And he said like when he was young, his guitar teacher had said to him, he was around 18. He said, John, are you in this for play or are you in this for keeps? Hmm. Because if you're in it for play, you know, the bottom line is play on the weekends. Just yeah. do a play at the beach for your girlfriends, yeah. do that, to whatever it's going to be. But if you're in it for keeps, you know what you got to do. Yeah. And that's the what I got out of when he was talking about his story. What I took is that that's the reality is like, are you in it for player in it for keeps? And a lot of times people are just, it comes to this story of it just, it just doesn't hurt bad enough. Yeah. And that's always the bottom line of what stops you from moving forward because you're just like, I want to do that, but yeah, I'm kind of comfortable. Yes. To, yes. Know. Oh my gosh. Yes. It requires a type of madness that I think only a few people or not a few, but most people don't have internally yeah. or yeah. they do. They shut it down. Like I work a lot on like Friday nights or Saturday nights. And when other people are out and right. stuff, I'm happy, yeah. but I'm like creating freedom also takes so much sacrifice and kind of discipline, right. you know? Well, we, I also I think, I mean, I, I, I talk about this a lot with people in my life. It's like, if, if you really want it, you're going to get it. Yeah. You're going to get something. Yeah. It's going to lead you to somewhere. Something. But if you, so if you don't have it, it's because you didn't want it bad enough. Right. That's just the way yeah. it is. And yeah. You've just got to work harder and you can give yourself as many, uh, you know, excuses as possible to be like, I'll get there. You know, I'll, I'll, once I get this, uh, once I get this, this equipment or once I get that, yeah. then I'll start working yeah. on it. You yeah. know, yeah. My mom gave me, I don't think I ever told the story. Maybe I did, but my mom gave me this great advice. Okay. Uh, Call your mother. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, it was like when I was a kid, I wanted a weight bench. Did I talk about yeah, this? Yeah, to me uh, personally, I don't know. Maybe, I don't know. If you heard it before, sorry guys, but I wanted a weight bench. 
But of course, I wanted the most expensive weight bench, weight bench, you know, and I wanted to get in shape. Right. But like, of course, I wanted like the Gold's Gym, you know, <laughs> yeah, 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 seven hundred right. little attachments yeah, yeah. and stuff. And my mom, we didn't have a lot of money. My mom's like, uh, "No, you're not getting that." And I kept bugging her over weeks and months of like going to this area, like it was like MC Sporting Goods or something. I'd see, I'm like, "Come on, mom, I gotta get this weight bench." And finally, my mom, because in my my head, I was like, "Once I get that, I can." I can get in shape. Right. I can do this. I'll be whatever. Right. My mom was like, listen, do you really want to get in shape? And I was like, yes, of course I do, mom. You know, and she's like, well, if you really want to get in shape, then you'd be in the garage with a broomstick and two sandbags <laughs> right. tied right. to it. And you'd be <laughs> yeah. lifting until yeah. that wears out. And then we would be getting you that, that huh. weight right. bench, you know. And it was such a good point. I was like, if you really want to do it, man, yeah. stop talking about it. Yep. Just start working on it every day yep. a little bit. Yep. Every moment you get. Yep. You know, people go back to law school. Yeah. People go back to, you know, they're in the military and they're doing something at nighttime to yep. focus on learning. Like, we all yeah. have the ability yeah. to, like... I know that you get tired. We're all getting yeah, tired. Right. But like, you know, I've been put on this this new thing this year where it's like I'm trying to learn every new thing I can. I started that. We talked about a little bit about yeah. masterclass. Right. I started doing that masterclass because it's like, well, instead of filling my time with a TV show right. or video games or something else, yeah. I'm going to try to fill my brain with some information yep. that I didn't have. Right. It's really easy to it's, not do yeah, that. Yeah. It's oh, easy yeah. to watch the show where... Even American Idol, yeah. you mentioned that. Yeah. It's easy to watch it and be like, wow, someone's chasing their dreams. <laughs> right, right. But it's like, wait a minute, I should be chasing my dreams. Right, yeah. right, yeah, like, yeah. I don't need to be yeah. watching somebody else singing. I right. need to be fucking watching a master <laughs> right, class. Right. And I'm sure yeah. that in an artist world, that's like you could probably say, I don't have these nice pens. I don't have yeah. an office like yeah. Stephen Silver does. You know, yeah. so so I feel like, yeah, it's probably just starting with what you have. Well, and everybody looks at what someone else is doing. Like, I'm yeah. sure people ask you all the time, what kind of pen do you use? Right. What yeah. kind of yeah, computer yeah. do you use? Right. What program right. are you on? Right. It's like, it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. No. What are some things that you've done that you really feel like uh, tap into your own creativity? Like, I know you work a lot with artists and their lifestyle. Right. Like, what works for you personally? And what do you kind of advise to people that are trying to get even more creative? Just, uh, I think, just don't don't work so much, just in general. And just have sketch pads. Uh, just always be thinking. Write journals. Write, write things down. You know, whenever you have that idea, just jot it down. Because it may just be that little moment, you know, and I think that's something that I do. I have a lot of pads mm -hmm. everywhere and I'm writing things down and I think just, um, you know, just, yeah, just, I think it's relaxing. Um, no, I, I, I sit a lot. <laughs> American Idol, 30 minutes of American Idol a day. Yeah, no, you know, it's like I sit, but I just like sit and I'll just like sort of stare. I'm not uh -huh. really thinking about a meditation that I'm meditating yeah. right now. It's just like, I'll sit on my bench out there, you know, and I'll just sit and I'll just yeah. pet the dog or I just, and just letting yourself just chill and realize that you don't have to be going all the time. You know, it's just like that. It's okay. Just to, as an artist, like a tree has its seasons that you can have your seasons throughout a day. You can just be going at something and then relax and mm -hmm. chill yeah. and go at something and relax and chill, you know? And I think Do that's you, the big thing. Um, I was going to say, do you spend a lot of time alone? Do you think that's yeah. important? Yeah, I do spend a lot of time alone. Um, but I also miss like leaving. Like I tell my wife all the time, I feel like sometimes I'm here and I just, I got to get out of the house. Sure. You know, otherwise I get a little cranky with her or the kids or something yeah. happens where I realized talking to the other day about it. So you know what? We work together every day, you know, it's just like we're together all the time. I'm always home and sometimes I feel trapped and everyone else, the kids are out, they're going yeah. with this, that, and I'm trapped sometimes where I feel I have to 
get out of the house yeah. and I have to interact with people. Um, but I am because I am alone most of the time. Yeah. Um, do you have any, I just want to switch gears a little bit. Do you have any moments that you can think of in the industry where you felt like you were a shit show, like you fucked up or you were just part of something that was just awful other than the Cleveland show? Oh yeah. Um, Hmm. Oh, you're just perfect. I know. No, no, you're, it, no, no. This is the struggle. No, no. This, this is the this is the reality. I don't hold on to a lot of stuff, okay. right? So okay. I just don't retain a lot of information, and that's why academically I was always bad. And even in my drawing, where sometimes the struggle that I've had is. I've drawn that a thousand times. Why can't I freaking draw it? You know, uh, why isn't it there? And it's just like, it and, and it's like, I feel like, so I struggle with art in that realm, but with things that have happened that may not have worked out, yeah. I just let them go. Otherwise I tried something else and I moved on. So it never became like this real, um, you know. Well, and it sounds like your whole life is based on this idea that everything good or bad is taking you to a place that is ultimately right. going to be good. Yeah, exactly. So like, yeah. yeah, maybe you're not focused on those things as some people think that the sky is falling all the time. Right. Right. Yeah. You don't seem like that kind yeah, of Yeah, No. Yeah. Right. And so again, some people will stand out and complain about it's freaking raining. It's fucking raining. Goddamn raining all the time. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I mean, you're just like, Oh my God, the rain's great, man. Thank God I can turn off my sprinklers and I don't have, the, <laughs> you know, and all that, whatever, you yeah, know, you get these two different, the mindset. And I think so for me, there's nothing that I, again, it just, whether my brain, just like everything else sort of like eventually gets rid of it because mm -hmm. I don't need that information anymore. Yeah. It's just like, that's when I'm even studying or I'm learning something. It's just like, I'm fascinated right now. I'm taking in all this information. Is sure. it going to stick with me? No, at that moment it will, but do I need it all the time? Can I tell you something that I watched a documentary six months ago? Yeah. You know. We so had, oh, I was oh, just go gonna ahead. say we actually have a listener question. So oh. yeah, I put it out on my oh. Instagram that we're a talking. camper of the Whoa. week. A camper of the week okay, question. Okay, hello, hello. Roll call, and now it's time for the camper of the week. They realize that your characters are probably all like children to you, but someone wanted to know if you were gonna go on vacation yeah. with one of your characters, who would you pick and where would you go? <laughs> if you had to pick, like, so say you're given like. Eight million dollars or something, and someone's like, "Take one of your characters and go somewhere on vacation. Where would you pick, and who?" What, so, which so of your one of the characters with a personality that you like, or yeah, okay, whoa, that's crazy. That's, that's actually but... a really good question. I know it wasn't mine. Gosh, was I, I know that my it's friend's not. husband that is a big fan of yours. Wow, um, go on vacation with this person. Or you could sit at home and pet the dog. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Like, I think it would be cool. Like you get a character like a uh, Drac and say like from Kim possible, right? Like, you know, he's going to be doing evil stuff, but he never really gets himself in that much trouble where it's you, the whole, everything's ruined. So maybe I could tag along with him and just see what he comes up with. <laughs> That's a great answer. I love that. <laughs> um, <laughs> so your your life has now turned to teaching more than anything. Yeah. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure. Um, which is such a great thing to be giving back, right? And I know that you ran a studio for a while and actual classes. Yeah. Um, where do you see yourself going with teaching from here on out? Well, it's I, I think what I really want to do is I just know I'm here and what I want to do is just impact more people in a way. And how can I do it that it's not just artists? So part of me goes... 
trying to move away from just artists and go, you know, like I can help other people in other professions too and give insight on creativity or innovation. And I just want to speak more. But then part of me goes, but why am I, why, why, what's stopping that from really happening Mm. to the level that this is where that question comes in. How do you know when to keep going or not? This is where I'm starting to go because this is what I thought that I wanted and I ride it everywhere Mm -hmm. and I feel like this is my next mount. This is my part of my next part of my journey. But then I feel like, yeah, but it's not just happening. Like everything else, other things have sort of happened. So where am I supposed to go? So now I'm just trying to navigate and follow where my body's kind of taking me. And it is the teaching, but I'm feeling like it's more in, it is to artists, Mm -hmm. really sticking with my tribe because that's why I'm here. That's why I was given. Then I start going, oh my God, that's why I was given the sketchbook. Uh, and this, yeah. is a, uh, this is what I'm supposed to do. This is what I'm supposed to do. <laughs> Don't mess yeah. it up. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Don't fuck up. <laughs> and so now I just, now I just feel like I got to follow that. I'm here for artists. I was made not the best artist or most unbelievable multimillionaire sort of artist given all this sort of stuff because that's not what I'm supposed to uh-huh. be. Yeah. I'm supposed to be this guy who was given art and put in these spots and given these opportunities to work at the studio and get in so easily and work on this show that became a hit. And why did that happen? And why did it happen? Because Stephen, you're supposed to keep teaching people and you're supposed to share with other people, just keep working, whatever it is, that final message is, whatever the message is, that that's what I'm supposed to do. So that's where like, just even this has been happening in the last few weeks to me. I'm going through it right now. I'm Mm. just like, and but all of a sudden, because of that, so I lost this passion for even drawing probably for two months. This really? is prior where um, as just recently where I was just like, I'm just not really into it anymore. I just know this is not what I'm supposed to be doing. Mm. And yeah. then I went to this phase of thinking, OK, I'm supposed to be teach going to like go in a real estate uh co- you know oh associations oh and no, you know no, 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 and no. speaking to these people we need to stop and, you, now, yeah. you know and, yeah. and speaking to doctors you know just sure. speaking you know all these different fields and then i realize no that's not supposed to happen necessarily why is that not happening and then i've had this newfound love for drawing again and now i'm creating all these videos and i got all these new book ideas and i'm creating so all of a sudden all this other inspiration has come and go aha uh-huh. That's what's going yeah. on. That's what's made. This is becoming easy again now. Yeah. And it seems like from my friend that works at Proco, it seems like the um, the online game in some way, you know, what we like to connect in person, but also being able, someone being able to take a master ca- class from someone yeah. like yourself, like really does open up so much because now you can work with people all around the world. Right. You yep. can have like high school students, people in their sixties. Yep. Like right. I can imagine that's, that's a really cool way to kind of expand your own, your own teaching. One thing I think is so funny uh, is, I mean, I'm sure you've met lots of famous people throughout working. I mean, you worked right, with yeah. Kevin Smith, which yeah. a lot of people would say, oh, he's famous. You know? yeah. And and I'm sure you've met a lot of people. But when I'm in a room with you and a lot of other artists, there is this air about, not from you, but right. from them to you, that you're like an untouchable. Right. Right? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Because yeah. of what you've done, there yeah. are a lot of people that think like, oh, I could never talk to Steve. Yeah, so over. uncomfortable. Oh my gosh, but he's but so what, nice. But what I, love, what I love <laughs> is like, silver you don't you don't act that way yeah that's their right misconception or preconceived idea of you you actually go out of your way to talk to everybody which i think is so rad because uh, there are other people that i've been in rooms with similar to that where you're like 
that guy acts like he's an untouchable. Right, right. You know, yeah. and that's too bad yeah. because he's really talented. Right. He doesn't need to act that yeah. way. Yeah. And but they probably know how people feel nervous when they come up to you. And oh, like, yeah. if you're unassuming and you're like, yeah. no, 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 welcome, then yeah. Yeah. it gives yeah. people, it's so much nicer than someone oh, like making it weird when yeah, you come up to them. Yeah, for sure. And I, I got that, you know, what really helped me, like one of my heroes is Mort Drucker from this artist for Mad Magazine. And that's how I really learned how to do caricature. And when I first met him, I was. Prob this was probably back in like year 2000 or something. And I met him and I was so nervous <laughs> to go talk to him. He was there in the bar talking to someone else. And I was just sitting there staring at him like, <laughs> oh my God, that's the guy. That's the guy. That's yeah. more drug. Oh my yeah. God, more truck. And I was just so nervous. But then eventually I got the cojones to go up and say, hi, Mr. Drucker. My name is Steven Silver, blah, blah, blah. I'm such a, and he was so welcoming hey, and generous yeah. and so humble and then i just started a great relationship with him and i knew that in my mind that's the right way to do it yeah. and i think that's what i have always done with other people is because i always when i do see those certain things i project myself with me and mort drucker again like that's yeah. i'm yeah. that person's mort drucker yeah. and right now they're afraid to come near me and say anything but the reality is they don't have to be and if they do i'm gonna talk to them but i gotta maybe approach them i i'm gonna take initiative and not and and go meet them just to try to let them be That's a little so bit cool. more comfortable. That goes a long yeah, way. So what I'm hearing is that you think you're just like Mort. <laughs> <laughs> is, is Mort still alive? Yeah, he is. Wow. Yeah, and yeah. so wait, he was the the creator of Mad or not? Creator, no, no, he, he was, was like a lot of all this artwork that you see is all his. This is. I mean, if, oh, okay. so if, if you picked, right yeah, if you picked up a Mad Magazine, yeah. especially in the eighties or nineties, yeah. like it was. Everyone knows, oh, yeah, Mort Drucker. Mort Drucker yeah, is yeah, a beast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's the guy. Uh, the is there anybody other than him that you can imagine like that you haven't met that you're like this would be the ultimate get to sit down and have a conversation over a, a coffee with like you know for me just as a Beatles fan okay but I would love to sit and talk with Paul McCartney but not about the Beatles I want to yeah. talk to him about his art because mm. he's an artist and he's a painter and I'd like to talk to him about that and not talk about what, you know, yeah. most people probably talk to right. him about. Not fanboy it. Yeah, not fanboy it. And I would say that you saying that you're a Beatles fan is like a gross understatement because <laughs> you have so much Beatles shit. Right. Yeah. Well, you British. draw the yeah. Beatles. Yeah. I, yeah, it's a huge part of who you are. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah, no, I, I guess, and what I fell in love with them about, because I, when I first watched, I fell in love with them when they put out that anthology mm. on TV that came out many yeah. years ago. This was like 25 years ago, something else. But that's when I saw them for these young guys with desires and dreams yeah. to yeah. become musicians and all the stuff they went through. And it just suck me in you know to them and who they are as people and then you hear the music and then you hear and and then that's what sort of like drew me that's to them awesome. we, yeah but artists like i have my dead artists like you know norman rockwell would have been a, such a great right. guy to just right. hang out with and just do you think he was nice you think he was just like cool like, yeah he was a bit cool? of a party goer from my, was but he, he was a shitty dad so yeah 
Oh, that, that usually goes hand in hand. Yeah, yes, you yeah, are yeah. a shitty dad. I, I would be a shitty dad. That's so funny. You say that. just. I just saw a Norman Rockwell painting that like of a little beagle and a kid, and I almost started crying because oh, it was yeah, so yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. At, right at the coffee place near you. <laughs> right. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you get Do you get back to London a lot or no? Now? Not that often. No, most of all my relatives are dead now, so we don't. I got like a couple aunts and uncles left, but meanwhile, just my main aunt that we'll go see and we'll see her maybe once every three years, four years. Yeah. Yeah, barely ever. Interesting. Yeah. Well, well, I mean, yeah. Please, we, do you have any other questions? No, I just okay. like thank you so much for letting us inside your house and mine yeah. and everything. <laughs> this is insanely awesome and inspiring. Yeah. We'll take some pictures and show you guys. Are um, we allowed to? Or yeah, no? sure. Okay. Uh, but the, yeah. his studio is just filled with like amazing, famous artwork from yeah, himself just, and like other people who are just like unbelievably talented. So. Uh, hey, it was a real joy talking to you. Thank hey, you so much thanks, for sharing your stories. Yeah, yes. this was cool. Yeah. Thanks Where are the online places that people can find you? And um, you? Like the best places through um, silvertunes.com. That's where I just have a lot of links there through there. And then I also have a, um, a YouTube channel that I do, which is called Art Talk uh, with Silver. And that's every Monday. So there's about 260 shows wow. now. And I just get in front of every Monday. I post a new video and just talk about just life or experience or something yeah. that I've gone through. Um, so they're only about 18 minutes, 20 it, minutes it's long. It's super uplifting. You're very yeah. positive. And I think uh, just to tune in and watch some of those are just in, uh, inspiring. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Um, if people want to buy your book, I know it's available yeah. on, is it on Amazon? It's on Amazon. Would you rather they yeah. go to your site? If you want it signed, you can get stuff on my site, yeah. you know, prints and books like that. But otherwise you can get the books on Amazon. Okay, cool. And yeah. if you see him out at an expo, go say hi and tell him that you're a shit show. Yeah, <laughs> then, yeah, yeah. Then you'll, that's, for a, that's sure. like code for like yeah, all of our people. Yeah, I like okay. it. You'll, you'll forget in like six months and you're like, good for you. Awesome. They're just like, you're a shit show. What the fuck? Also in signing off, you have the cutest dog I've ever seen in my whole oh, life. And yeah. I love your dog so Thank much. Thank you. Peace out to the dog. Take a picture of the dog too. Oh, oh my gosh. Honestly, we will. Yeah. Bo's going to have to do like a, like yeah. a photo shoot with me yeah. after. Thanks for being with us. All right. Thanks, we'll man. see you again. All right. Thanks. Bye. Tell me you didn't love Steven. Wow. Tell me. I feel like I learned a lot. A character designer. Is that what they're called again? <laughs> character designer. <laughs> you learned a lot. Yeah. Honestly, no, that that I never knew that there was even one of those in animation. And you don't think about these jobs until you realize like, oh, yeah, somebody has to do that. Yeah. Like who yeah. comes up with that yeah. actual character? I think a lot of people just assume that that person is the creator of the show. Yes. But a lot of times those are. People that are just writers or artists, but they're not designers in that way. I am very glad that I met him in this version of his lifetime. Yeah. I'm, you know, he, I'm glad that he wasn't reinvented yeah. as like an algae plant uh. while I'm on this planet because I love him. I think he has a great attitude and I feel like I would love him to coach, even if like uh, you're not an animation person, I feel like he has a lot to say just about creativity oh, and business great. and like, you yeah. You gotta check out his site that he, he put up there. Um, his teachings and his positivity towards all of that amazing yeah very amazing. inspiring uh one thing that never came up that i was kind of uh, surprised is uh that he's jewish what i didn't know Ju it know his that? last name's silver S silverberg just silver <laughs> silver wow i did not man. know that my heeb yeah and i was like you didn't even bring up bagels or matzo no. ball soup. we need a whole separate episode yeah. just for that one thing that also came up 
off of the podcast is that he has what I think to be one of the cutest dogs I've ever seen. And Bo felt very uncomfortable because I offered my dog sitting services. That's true. And I'm going to follow through with that. Well, just so you know, when you left. Mm -hmm. Don't ruin me. Don't ruin my chances. Just so you know, when you left, he was like, oh, that's really great. I, I We're definitely going to use her. Oh, my God. See, Bo, you have wh- good news. Because I could totally see you being like, she'll boil your dog. You don't want her to do that. Don't well, cut me off at my no, feet. You'll you'll keep, you'll make sure the dog is okay, but the house will burn down. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but we really appreciate Steven yeah, coming on great here episode. and doing the, uh, the show with us. Thank what you. Else, what else you got? Anything? Not much else. After this, I'm thinking... I just want to take a slow drive home <laughs> right off of a cliff. No. Okay. Okay. All right. We love you guys out there. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Bye. This episode of Campfire Shit Show was produced by Bo Hufford and Meryl Climo. It was edited by Bo Hufford, and the theme song was composed and sang by your friendly camp director, me, PB and J. If you've got a question or you want to be the next camper of the week, email us at campfireshitshow at gmail.com. Say hi to Bo and Merrill on Instagram at Campfire Shit Show. And please don't forget to rate and review us on iTunes. Well, kids, it's time to pack up the camp and put out the fire. But don't you worry. We'll see you soon on another episode of the Campfire Shit Show. Good night, kids. Sleep tight. To learn more about my Skype mentorships and workshops, please visit silvertunes.com. And if you like, sign up for my mailing list where you'll be notified of any upcoming workshops or events. Thanks so much for listening and I'll talk to you next week.